What is up, guys? Welcome to the Street Kings podcast presented to you by Club VIP. I am your host, Fredo, for today. This is going to be our third podcast, pod three. We had a little break in between, but we're getting back into it. We're going over topics 3.30 to topic 4.17. So without further ado, let's get started. Let's cut right to it. First things first, topic 3.30, Lamborghini Velto. we said is gorgeous, and we think so. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous car from uh, the beginning to the back. We have the same lines as the Aventador, the same type of body style, aggressive, long body styles as the Aventador. We have the Lamborghini Sion headlights, which we love so much. I mean, the three pointed star daytime running lights, I think, just looks aggressive and it looks elegant. I mean, it looks like nothing else on the road. And to have it in now a mass production car like the Aventador, unlike some kind a little more limited like the Sion, I think it's just incredible that they've been able to pull that off. It's just a gorgeous car inside and out. I hope I was hoping maybe in the back we get four tailpipes instead of the two, maybe four smaller ones. I think would have looked a little bit better. But regardless, it's beautiful inside out. The interior has been redone. Wasn't so much a fan of the steering wheels, Lamborghini steering wheels. I thought they were too Audi-like, and I thought they weren't very special, especially the Lamborghini one with the hexagonal center uh, capsule. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. It looked very outdated, very old, and I'm really glad they updated the steering wheel. It looks really, really nice now. It doesn't look as much like it's part of a VAG group. Uh, Volkswagen Auto Group doesn't look like an Audi steering wheel, and I'm a big, big fan of it. I think everyone can agree. The car is absolutely beautiful. We're talking about 6.5 liter V12 that makes 825 horsepower on its own. This is at a peak rev line of 9,250 RPM. And the red line for the car is actually 9,500 RPM. So for those that did not know that, it's 500 more than a GT3 flat 6 red line, which is pretty impressive, 9,500 RPM. But it's also paired to three electric motors. This is what the big idea was about. It's a hybrid. It's paired to three electric motors. There's one in the back, two in the front, obviously, to help with the weight of the car, with all the batteries in the V12 to pull it forward. As we know, easier to have the motors in the front than in the back, correct? Because we don't want to spin. I have a lot of power to the back wheels. However, mixed together in full course of mode because there are different modes. And for each mode, uh, you have different amounts of horsepower, actually. Uh, you have 1,015 horsepower combined for electric motors and the V12 combined. And for those that may not know, Revelto is actually Spanish for scrambled or uh, mixed together. And so the idea for this was that uh, the hybrid system is kind of mixed together because we're combining naturally aspirated in- internal combustion engine with a battery pack and electric motor. So it's a very nice car, very consistent, love the naming scheme, strong, good looking, and I'm pretty sure they're already sold out. But uh, yeah, big props to Lamborghini. Our second topic after that is going to be topic 3.31. <clears throat> and it was a plug-in hybrids are a complete waste. So this kind of goes off the Revelto a little bit, a little more into a much broader topic. Plug-in hybrids, I never understood it. You guys agree with us, you don't, you know the scheme. You can go in our comments. You can send us DMs of opinions you have. We'll share your opinions. You can argue with us in the comments. We're all free, freedom of speech. But plug-in hybrids, I do not like at all. I cannot stand them. I don't understand why plug-in hybrids were even a thing, why they were even invented to be a thing. They're too complex for no reason. Very complex systems, as I just said. Because they're complex systems, they're hard to repair. And if they go broken, the car will usually... You don't even want to deal with it anymore. I mean, the prices you're talking about a fixed hybrid system is much more than anything uh, that you'd ever experience with an internal combustion engine, for example, Um, especially when we get into premium cars as well. And I just never understood why anyone would have to worry or anyone wants to put themselves in the misery of having to worry about not only charging their car, but also filling it up with gas. It makes no sense to me why you'd ever want to put yourself through that pain and through all that uh, headache to have having to worry about uh, two things at once in order to get your car running. It just it makes no sense to me. It really, really does. You're worrying about 
changing your oil, you're feeling about filling up for gas. And at the same time, uh, you're worried about charging up your car. I never understood the idea behind it. I never understood why it was a thing. I'm not against hybrids. I'm against plug-in hybrids. Hybrids are, get it, give more power, especially in the day we're in now. You know, you want to kind of hit those efficiency numbers. But at the same time, it just doesn't make sense to me why a plug-in hybrid would exist and why I need a plug-in for the electrical motor. I just much rather prefer electrical motor, be powered by the combustion engine, and just have it kind of be silent and, you know, in an area where you don't really feel like it exists. And that's my opinion on it. Anyways, we're moving on to our third topic now. Yes, this is a very quick podcast. We know how we do them. We like quick podcasts because they're easy, they're fun, they're nice to listen to, and we don't have to worry about sitting for hours at a time. Because uh, I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm not trying to listen to a guy talk for three hours. So anyways, we'll keep it short as well this time. We want to split up the topics too. And like I said, make sure to follow us uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, so you could get involved in the conversation. Go in our comments section. Uh, send us DMs with opinions you may have. And our tags for both of those are underscore street kings pod. That again is underscore street kings pod pod so follow us on instagram and on twitter so topic 4.2 uh the bmw handed audi official a win with the new m2 i think so i watched a lot of videos on the m2 i've heard a lot of good things i have heard a lot of bad things as well and i feel like audi is much more what i'm trying to say i feel like audi stuck to their guns a little more than uh, bmw did i feel bmw kind of veered a little bit off what the m2 used to be used to be the small little roadster like an overpowered miata if you will uh that's able to do drifts and you know this fun little thing that you could just lose control on any little bit and from what i've seen from a lot of these videos the curb weight on that car is so large it's closer than m4 because of the heaviness as well because of the heaviness as well it's just not as fun it's not as tail happy as it could have been and it feels much more refined and much more glued to the ground than an M2 should. And I, I believe I agree with that only because even though I have not driven the car myself, for a car that's that small, especially when you have a lot of cars now in the M lineup between the M3, the M4, M5, uh, you kind of want a differentiating factor between all the cars. And if I have a small roadster such as the M2, it has to behave like a roadster. It has to be small, it has to be nimble, it has to be light. And for a car to weigh, what is it, almost 43, 4,800 pounds? I mean, let's search it up real quick. We'll get the uh, official number here. It's 3,800 pounds, my best, 3,800 pounds, and it's 400 pounds over the older M2, so the previous generation. Uh, my opinion, I mean, it just it seems like it's just a lot of weight, very, very large car for something that should be small, uh, especially when you're talking about longer wheelbase, and despite the longer wheelbase and the curb weight, you still cannot fit adults in the back, apparently, and I just don't understand what direction they were going with the new M2. Obviously, it's quick, uh, as a lot of BMWs are nowadays, but I don't understand why they couldn't have made it more nimble, more light. Uh, it just really doesn't make sense to me. I saw a lot of other uh, commentators also commenting on the fact how the steering was just way too numb. It feels more like a video game than it does like an actual car uh, should be or an actual M car should be. Uh, because of that, it's not too exciting. Also, the clutch, and you've heard this many times, the new M2 is much better in the auto, believe it or not. So although the manual is kept, uh, it's preferred that you actually don't buy the manual because they're saying, and they're meaning a lot of the commentators that I've watched, which, let's be honest, a lot of us is how we get our information. None of us have driven all these cars. But uh, a lot of people have said the clutch is way too soft. The shifts are way too long. They're not as short as uh, they should be. And that the power of the car is really unleashed with an auto. 
uh, with the automatic option. And so it's kind of sad to have a manual option in 2023 into 2024 season and to still kind of have a preference, uh, have an auto as the preference over the manual because of just how the car behaves. And so I find it just a little bit sad that it's kind of the world we're living in where we're, even though we're given a manual option, only really should buy it. Uh, so once again, same deal. I don't understand what the point of it was. If we're going with an auto option, you have the RS3, I believe has a better transmission all over the ZF. Uh, five-cylinder engine sound more unique more exciting than the six-cylinder which we've heard on many bmws nowadays i mean the six cylinders is what the m3 the m4 it's in the m2 it's in uh many of their cars now it's in the m340 it's and it's in the uh it's just in so many cars they're just using the same engine over and over again uh, and so i kind of feel it kind of loses that special touch that it once had uh and you know i've watched well we'll give you an example throughout a house released a video with a track series between the m2 and the rs3 and they actually ended up both choosing the rs3 because of the fact that you can now lose the tail end but at the same time i still have the quattro confidence uh wherever you uh take in the car whether it's through a tight turn open turn whatever the case may be uh and you know i have to agree with them i believe it's a much better looking car much more unique and not many faults with that car like they are with the m2 and you know when you're talking about looks as well uh it's you know, light years ahead, the RS3, let's just say that. Not exactly sure what BMW's thinking with the back end, with the lights. Not exactly sure what they're thinking with the front end, with the square grills. But you know what? Uh, it's out now, so it is what it is, I guess, right? <laughs> Fourth topic is going to be 4.17. So this one is the sleeping giant. The German sleeping giant has woke up. And at Tesla as competition, we add at Tesla. They do have competition. As we've seen recently in the past couple months, Germany has released a lot of new electric cars. We've seen the new ID7 from Volkswagen. The ID <clears throat> buzz that just came out the other day. Uh, we're having a lot. And really what it is, we're having a lot of diversity from the German car market. We're having now affordable sedans like the ID... Uh, ID, uh, sorry, no, it was the ID2 all from Volkswagen where we have a $25,000 pound, around $25,000, I'd, I'd say also uh, US dollar option from Volkswagen for a cheaper option with a good amount of range too, around 300 miles of range. Not bad at all. Uh, we're having also a more expensive option for Volkswagen, obviously not as expensive, something like a Porsche or an Audi, but we do have a little more expensive, more premium version from Volkswagen, the ID7 that came out with a very large screen, very beautiful interior and exterior, in my opinion, I believe it's objectively can be said that it is beautiful inside and out. We have the i7 that came out, Tesla kind of had their little screen in the back, uh, BMW kind of came along and just kind of, uh, you know, smashed that with their... Um, a large kind of flat screen that comes out down from the ceiling. What is it? 36 inches, I was told. 36, 38 inches. Uh, and also, we obviously, the EQS that came out with the big hyper screen. I mean, Germany's really kind of starting to release a lot of these big hitters. And, uh, you know, it's kind of worrying, I feel, for Tesla, a company that's felt they've had the electric industry for a while now, electric car industry for a while now, and they felt they've owned it. And, you know, quite frankly, they've been the only ones in the sector. So right now, we've seen the market really grow. Germany's really waking up. And we know uh, German cars, very perfectionists, uh, very beautiful cars, inside and out, good quality. And, you know, they're starting to apply those electric cars. And, um, you know, it's interesting to see how it all plays out, really. It really, really is. Uh, and so, you know, they're great cars. They're, yeah, they're really, really great cars. They're the Falcon doors on Tesla, though. And I still feel Tesla still has an advantage, I have to admit, only because of how quick the cars are. Germany, I believe, is still kind of going towards the route of, well, people don't really want electric cars. We want to give them electric cars. We want them to buy electric cars. And so as a result, we want to make our electric cars very similar to our gasoline options where, you know, it's slow to accelerate. You know, an X, iX3 kind of accelerates in the same way as an X3, for example. 
or maybe just even a little bit slower. The Q8 e-tron that came out from Audi, same thing, accelerates just as slow as a base Q8, even slower. And they want to kind of make the, a car feel they don't have the one pedal braking system as well with the Q8 e-tron I'm talking about. They want to make the car feel like it's a gasoline powered car, kind of ease it into customers and ease it into consumers' hands. And I don't believe, though, that's going to work out. The thing Tesla really has to their advantage is that they understand nobody really wants or likes electric cars. And so they want to give them the advantage of having an electric car. <clears throat> Sorry. And that means, you know, electric car having instant torque, ha being very quick, uh, kind of having a good center of gravity. And so having kind of using that to your advantage when it comes to handling. And I believe they're uh, much they're focused a little bit better, Tesla, uh, because they're really giving consumers the uh, advantage of having an electric car. Whereas a lot of the German automakers, I feel, are trying to keep it very much in line with their internal combustion engines, trying to make it feel like it's the same car, kind of push the sales that way, which I don't believe will work ultimately. Uh, Tesla also has, obviously, as we all know, this uh, autonomous driving. A lot of people have said it's far away from autonomous. I believe it's not as far as people think. I mean, uh, people are driving them on the highways, on inside roads. There are many areas in the United States, and I believe even in Europe, with their cloud network, with Tesla's cloud network, where the cars can drive themselves on inside roads and on highways. Uh, and so we also have that as a large advantage as well. Tesla has that as a large advantage over their competitors as, too. So there is a lot of areas where Tesla still beats uh, the Germans. I believe the Germans still have to catch up. But, uh, you know, it's, it is, we are turning a tide now where the Germans are starting to catch up. They're starting to wake up and they're, trying to, they're starting to release a lot of big hitters, a lot of good, good cars in electric car segment. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it all spans out. And that's not even discussing China. Anyways, this will uh, conclude our podcast for today, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Very short, very sweet. Nothing much. You know how it goes. You guys have any opinions against us or for us, feel free to comment on our post. You know the date, as we said, 3.30, 3.31. Topic 3.30, 3.31, we use these as timestamps. So 3.30 is meaning the opinion that was released on March 30th. 3.31, the opinion that was released on March 31st. Uh, and if you have any opinion, deferring opinions, once again, go in the comments. Feel free to retweet on Twitter. Share us, share our posts. DM us any opinions you may have. We'll share your opinions. We'll tag you. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We'll see you in the next one. See you back, Kings.